Welcome to Thriving in the Age of Disruption with Dr. Ramesh. Today, we have for you a dialogue on entrepreneurship, crisis resilience, and the pursuit of a thriving future in Vietnam's dynamic entrepreneurial scene. Mr. Tran Tri Zung manages the Swiss Entrepreneurship Program in Hanoi and Central Region to facilitate a supportive entrepreneurial ecosystem, increasing the readiness of innovative entrepreneurs to start and grow their businesses. Zung offers us insights on the unique characteristics of Vietnamese entrepreneurs and discusses the critical role that supply-side incubator, accelerator, mentor, and investor networks play in facilitating startup success. Welcome, Mr. Zoom, to the Thriving in the Age of Disruption podcast series. I'm excited to have this dialogue with you today. Could you introduce yourself to our listeners? Thank you, Dr. Ramesh. I feel very honored to about myself. I currently do very, very important job. I love the job I'm doing right now so much. I am currently the program manager for Quick and Closely program in Vietnam, and I'm in charge of what we call Accelerate the Ecosystem in Hanoi and the central of the countries. My engagement to that program is annual. I am an entrepreneur. I involved in the study about how to support entrepreneurs in new ways. And now I can implement it. And I can see things change, people change, and actually the change is positive. Wonderful. I'm really intrigued by what you do because you're an entrepreneur who is now working in promoting and developing the entrepreneurial ecosystem in Vietnam through the Swiss Entrepreneurship Program. What was the hypothesis or the problem that the program developers identified when you first started this? So we started the hypothesis that there's always an ecosystem for the entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Whether program, whether or not some government wants to support the entrepreneur, they are there. So what they need is that ecosystem help the entrepreneur to do what they want to do faster, easier, cheaper. We deploy an indirect approach. The program try to build capability, support organization like incubator, accelerator, the mentor network and your investor network, and now even be working with university and venture capital firm. And we believe that by improving their capability, entrepreneurship support organization will deliver better service. And with that better service, the entrepreneur will gain better benefit. On the main side, there are many entrepreneurs. Meanwhile, the program resources are limited. So we try to focus on the supply side. Right. If you can also share a little bit more about the Vietnamese incubation and startup space, how will you describe it? Is it expanding, thriving? Is it shrinking, stagnant? It, although the first time I visit innovation space in Hanoi on the rooftop of the building, and I had to climb up five floors, they are on the top. Well, the reason is that on the top because of the rental fee is low. And it run by three very young founders graduated from university. And they have one mentor. He's an American who came to Vietnam, Ruby Smith, and somehow I introduced entrepreneurial spirit with our young people and they make it happen. So what I just tell you is your story of Hatch Incubator. They one of the pioneer ecosystem player in Vietnam. The startup journey whereby you start a business, scale it, and then even in a very short time, the founders can exit and someone else can be running the business. It reminds me of my own early entry into the dot-com space in 2000. 
the business that we set up, we had raised millions of dollars, looked at IPO, and then ended up liquidating it all within 30 months. Short time. But it's yeah. like we lived 30 years in a traditional business environment. I have like the first generation of ecosystem player. And then after that, is many, many incubators. Incubation is really tough, very difficult to make money from that. The entrepreneur now are more sophisticated and more experienced. They can learn a lot by themselves. The incubator needs to deliver somebody. I actually turned from Da Nang. There are these two founders who like help Martenia in their own business. They make not a big fortune, but some good money. And they think about open your incubation program specifically for their own movement, whether they are agriculture business incubator or fintech incubator. And I expect we will see more specialized incubators. The people who are running these incubators are successful entrepreneurs and businessmen. And so they know what it takes to make a business sustainable. They also have their own domain knowledge whether it's in AI or tourism or in some other area, the new startups can leverage on those extensive networks that they have, as well as the deep knowledge to be successful very quickly in that very specific vertical in terms of entrepreneurship. When I look at today's world, it's a lot of disruption. And I think that we need to have two kinds of mindset. The first mindset is an entrepreneurial mindset. The second is a crisis-ready mindset. By entrepreneurial mindset, I mean you're somebody who is resourceful in life. That means you have a problem. You can actually define the problem very clearly. You are someone able to take risks and deal with uncertainty in a powerful way. The most important thing is you are able to create value, whether it's for yourself or your other stakeholders. Everyone should have an entrepreneurial mindset. It's not just for people who want to run a business. In your own experience as an entrepreneur, as someone who brings in all these resources through the Swiss entrepreneurship program from abroad, as well as working with entrepreneurs and with people who are not entrepreneurs, how would you look at the entrepreneurial mindset? And do you think that young Vietnamese people are actually starting to be more entrepreneurial in all areas of their life? I believe that it's your spirit. And anyone who has entrepreneurial mindset is entrepreneur. You do not need to be a business owner running your own business to be the entrepreneur. Even if that's a staff member of a company, but you still have that mindset, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Or you are a government officer. You call them bureaucrat entrepreneur. That's an interesting word. It's counterintuitive, right? But that will make them a lot more effective and more customer-centric. You know, in the administration, sometimes you do the good thing, but you get some no good result. You have yes. to go like, right through some barrier and you cannot make everyone happy. But they still do that because they believe that the way they create, they brave to do that. And that is exactly the answer for me. I get excited when I used to come to Vietnam because I see the kind of energy that the people have, that it's very entrepreneurial. It's no surprise, therefore, that when people look at Southeast Asia, they always say that Vietnam has got the highest growth rate and the best economic forecast. It's got to do with the people who are in Vietnam and their attitude towards entrepreneurship. About one week ago, I got a question from the global community. They asked me about characteristics of the Vietnamese 
entrepreneur. Entrepreneur mindset is somehow inside every Vietnamese, resourceful and resilient. That's right. In late 2000, actually, when I first set up my technology startup, I also started the first incubator in Singapore, which was called iXL Incubator. Coming to Vietnam and being involved with the startup and the incubation community has been like coming home and getting connected back to the ecosystem. Being part of the action here has been very enjoyable as well as meaningful for me. You're one of them who made my access into this ecosystem easy by inviting and introducing me to the different players. So thank you for that. look at crisis as a setback or sometimes it can be a failure. And for most people, they get stopped. They don't know what to do. In fact, they're stuck. What we can see as entrepreneurs ourselves, it is in those moments that we have to take action because that is the live or die moment, right? Share an example of your own personal crisis, how you went through that and how you've been able to develop resilience for yourself. Look, what I'm thinking about is COVID-19. After the COVID-19, we have big crack in Vietnam, entrepreneur myself. That mindset will become more critical. I have no client. We need to work out with sales. We need something. We need to work out with HR, with production, with finance. Therefore, we need to be resourceful, skillful in solving problems. So what you're pointing to is that to be a successful entrepreneur, we need to have a crisis-ready mindset. Even though it can be all-consuming and every single department is on fire, so to speak. You don't give up. You'll take care of these problems one by one. That means successful entrepreneurs have the ability to adapt and pivot. And the crisis becomes an opportunity for them to do that. They know also how to make the trade-off, how to prioritize and what to work on immediately so that they can stabilize the situation. In your own personal life, is there something that you have been practicing that helps you to be centered and grounded when you have a crisis? It's more challenging in your personal life than you went crisis. I think I went through two years ago. It is really a matter of lioness. I have some kind of feeling mantra to make me feel better. The Poponopono. Have you ever heard about that? It is a Hawaii mantra. Only for sentence that you need to repeat to yourself. I thank you. I love you. I am sorry. And please forgive me. Wow. In my family, all Buddhist followers, my wife, my children, my mom, and one thing I see. And it related to the entrepreneurship is totally responsibility ever happened to you. Whether it's a good thing, no good thing, it's because of you. What I can hear is that you're studying Buddhism and looking at your spiritual practices from a practice perspective. Thank you for sharing that because it is so true. When we look at the universal principles of all religion, it comes from a shared common value system. And that's what makes us human beings connected to each other. The more we can tap into that, the more connected we are. And then we'll have a society which is working together as a collective. What do you think about living a simple life? Is that possible? People look at me and can say, that, oh, don't live a simple life. I have a motorbike, taking my son to school, like five minutes every day because he doesn't want to work. And I'm only travel with a mix between bus and taxi. And you can say it's simple, but you know, for me, it's more like economic reason. 
I say spend much less and the benefit for me is almost the same. I used to have two cars at the same time when I run my own business. But now I have a program and I travel a lot. Even if I have a car right now, I need to think about how to deal with it. So I don't have a good reason to really use it. Yeah. So I don't know whether it is or simple or it is just like the nature when you need it or not. I may be more sophisticated, not necessarily like expensive. Sophisticated. For example, I have coffee myself at home and the coffee often very, very good. I know the grower, <laughs> I know who roast this. I like a good friend. I don't know whether it's simple or not because you can get like a instant coffee and that's okay. Yes. I instant coffee and you can very, very fine coffee. Yeah. I think what you're pointing to is to have the simple pleasures in participating in life. So it's easy, yes, to go to a coffee shop and have a coffee. It's convenient. Yes, you pay a lot of money, but you can buy equally expensive coffee. Take the moment in the meditative reflection to make that coffee and to enjoy it. That is a simple life to enjoy and be in the present. How would you describe thriving? The lesson I learned it is dangerous then. When everything done well, because when you want to miss it, everything good, it feel like, okay, I'm invincible. Yes. Be careful. Maybe something very bad happen. Right. Don't be complacent. Yeah. So I want to use wisdom from you, from the Torah of the Jewish people. It's wise to be humble. Whenever you feel, okay, I'm strong, I'm so good at it, at that, I can do a lot of things, it's the time you really need to tell yourself, calm down. There are a lot of things you don't know. That's right. I love that. It is wise to be humble. In our work, we see sustainability is the ongoing thriving of a living system. What is um, it for you? So I knew with the, the concept of right? thriving and supporting people together because you have a comfortable life, a happy life, and you want to maintain it forever. I consider it, I am blessed. I receive the blessing. And if I want to continue receiving the blessing from God, I need to do the good thing for the society. I have one American professor, and she had been 30 weeks to Vietnam in early 1990. And she wrote a very book about Vietnamese. I don't. When I came to this world, the world is beautiful. I want the world is more beautiful when I live. And I guess that is the essence of sustainability, right? To leave it more beautiful than when we came here for the next generation. What I'm going to do now is ask you some questions. You have to answer me very quickly, okay? What's your favorite book? A good book, a book that has me to think. The innovative leader. I just did it one time. But it's my favorite because I make money from reading the book. Sometimes that's the best way to know that the book has brought us value. Yeah. And it's the same for me too. Sometimes when I read books, I get an idea that alters how I look at life. And what's your favorite travel destination? Korean in Vietnam. Korean beach in Vietnam. It is in the Hancho region. You can fly from Hanoi. Korean. Yeah. Like one hour, 90 minutes. Life. 90 minutes. Yeah, and it is small town, fire. This is nice. People are very friendly. Okay, I'll put it down in my list of travel destination. If you can have dinner with anyone, who will it be? My wife. Do you oh, have dinner is... with her most nights? Most, yeah. Yeah. And what's what special is... about having what's... dinner with her? Giving me a lot of topics to discuss. You know, she also working on entrepreneur. 
in ecosystem. We say a lot of things program. So we discuss more about it. Philosophy. Wow. A very meaningful relationship to have where you can enjoy talking to your wife about your work and your life together, right? We believe that we are soulmates. Great. What's your favorite song? Hallelujah. Okay. And what is the most unusual food you have ever tried? Snack. Really? And if you can have any superpower, what will it be? Superpower? I'm very scared of having superpower. With great power comes great responsibility. I got it. So what's the best advice that you've ever received? It's more like when I'm in a very bad situation, I'm, I'm worried, I'm concerned. Someone got to tell me, no worry, but keep your faith. Mr. Soom, thank you so much for being a great guest speaker today with us. Thank you, Dr. Ramesh. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Dr. Ramesh and Mr. Zong for giving us a glimpse into the entrepreneurial ecosystem in Vietnam and how that drives startup success. Whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur or investor looking for inspiration to overcome the challenges in your life or simply curious about the stories that shape the change makers of our world, this podcast series is your gateway to a world of insight and inspiration. Be sure to subscribe to the Thriving in the Age of Disruption podcast or follow Dr. Ramesh on LinkedIn and other social media so you too become a part of Dr. Ramesh's Thriving Network.